0: It is Tuesday, October the third, and on this is the Buddy Deal Show. Um, a lot of stuff going on right now. So it is October, which means playoff baseball starts, and it starts tonight. Four wild card games tonight. Um, it'll be a three game series. But first, we're going to get to what happened last night in Monday Night Football. It was a very very ugly game. That is the nicest way to say it. Uh, Geno Smith. Played okay, threw for only 120 yards and a touchdown. He did leave the game in the second quarter. Uh, Stayed out till halftime and came back. I think there was a little bit of a um, ankle issue. He got tackled kind of awkwardly on the sideline. He wasn't a huge fan of the hit. He called it dirty. He said it was no no place in the league for that. He just he wasn't a big fan of it. Daniel Jones looked really really bad, and that's the best way I can say it. I think it's about time for the Giants to really consider whether or not he's the answer, and I just don't think he is. However, it's the same problem that they had whenever Eli was there, and it's not all his fault. His offensive line is horrible. Um, Now, Daniel doesn't help himself, but his offensive line doesn't help him at all. He was sacked 11 times last night. That doesn't happen in the NFL. It shouldn't happen in the NFL if you have linemen that are good enough that can hold blocks at all. But he got sacked 11 times. He did throw two interceptions, and he also fumbled. But he's lost 24 fumbles since 2019, his first year in the league. That is the the most in the league by far. Uh, I will tell you who did play well last night. It was rookie Devon Witherspoon. He had two sacks. He had two tackles for loss. He had seven total tackles. He had also had a pick six. Um, He really filled in for Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams returned last night from his, uh, torn ACL that he suffered in the first game last year. Um, it was his first game back. He made it nine snaps and he had a concussion. He had to come out after taking a Daniel Jones knee to his head. He left the game because of concussion. I assume he'll probably be back either next week or the week after that. The Seahawks are really looking to get him back. However, Devon Witherspoon was a big help. Uh, this Seahawks team moves to four and one. The Giants fall to one and three. Uh, th- there's a long. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. The Giants are zero and four. That's right because, um, they they've just they don't have it. It's not a very good team. Saquon Barkley did not play. Uh, he's been banged up. It's probably because of the offensive line. The offensive line's just not been able to help him. The defense isn't a bad defense, but there's just only so much they can do. But Geno has been playing well. Uh DK Metcalf had a solid game. He had he caught a touchdown. Um Tyler Lockett's always really good. And uh Kenneth Walker had him a solid game as well. They're gonna be fine. They're gonna be they're gonna compete with the 49ers for the NFC West. I don't think they'll be able to I mean pass them, but I mean I think they're gonna keep it competitive. Um but that's about it for Monday Night Football. There wasn't a whole lot else to talk about. It just wasn't a very pretty game. But let's do Let's get to baseball, and it, because it's October, and I can't wait for these games. First one today is going to be the Rangers at the Rays. That game is going to be at 3:08 Eastern Time on ABC. Um, this is all these wild card games are three game best of three series. Uh, all of these games are at the higher seed on their park, so all these games will be in Tampa Bay. Uh, the probable pitchers for tonight for the Rangers you're going to have Jordan Montgomery who's 10 and 11 and with a 3 2 0 ERA. Uh he's had a solid year. He's a left-handed guy. Um he's really the only left-handed guy you're going to have pitching in these wild card matchups, I think. Uh for Tampa Bay, you have uh Cillian Murphy. Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's Tyler Glass now. But he's 10 and 7 on the year. Uh he is 3 5 3 ERA. He's been really good for for the Rays this year throws hard, tall skinny throws really hard and has good, good off speed stuff. Um, this should be a fun matchup. And I mean, th- there's a couple, there's a, this, the, both these teams are really good. Both these teams have over 95 wins. Um, this is a really kind of an unfortunate wildcard matchup because these, these, both of these teams could compete for a world series, but obviously only one of them are going to move forward after this. Players to watch out for, for the Rangers. You got to watch out for Corey Seager. He's had a really solid year. He's batting three twenty seven with thirty three home runs and ninety six RBIs. He, on a team that hasn't played a whole lot of playoff games because the Rangers haven't been in the playoffs very much, he is a vet- He's a playoff veteran. He's been there with the Dodgers. He knows how to. He knows what it's like to be in these kinds of games. I think he's a really important player to watch out for. He needs to have a good game. Um, he needs to have a good series, actually. For the Rays, it's Randy of He's th- He basically single-handedly got them to the World Series back in 2020. Uh, he's had a decent year, a little bit down year for him. Uh, he's been in .254 with 23 home runs and 83 RBIs. But the main thing is that he has that playoff experience too. He's been able to make big-time plays in big situations. And so I would expect him to, have, to make some more in this uh, best-of-three series. The other AL wildcard series is going to be the Blue Jays at the Twins. That game tonight, game one, is at 4.38 p.m. Eastern time. That is games on ESPN. Uh, once again, the, the Twins are an interesting one because they actually have the worst record out of all the AL um, playoff teams, but they won their division, so they're going to host. Uh, the Blue Jays have been solid. They've been – I mean, they they have, they played really well. They've been in the tough AL East. Um, they fought their way through it and made it to the uh, playoffs and they're there. Uh, probably pitchers tonight for the Blue Jays, you got Kevin Galsman. He is 12 and nine this year with the 316 ERA. He's played, he's pitched really well. Um, for the Twins, it's going to be Pablo Lopez, 11 and eight on the year, 3.66 ERA. Uh, they're both of them are going to have to, put up with solid um, lineups. I think I would give this advantage a little bit to the Blue Jays just because they have a little bit more on, in the tank for their offense. One of their, those guys to watch is George Springer. Really similar to what I was just saying about Corey Seager. Uh, this team is loaded. You have Vlad Guerrero. You have Bo Bichette. You have, all, you have Kevin Kiermaier, who's been in a lot of different – in big games. But George Springer has been that guy. For the Astros during their run where he was playing in big time games. He knows what it's like to it knows what it's like to be here. He's had a really good year. Uh he batted 327 with 21 home runs and 72 RBIs. Remember, that's out of the leadoff spot. So he hits he gets on base and also drives in runs out of the leadoff spot. Don't be surprised to see him hit a leadoff home run in this series. Uh for the Twins. I'm going to watch out for Max Kepler. Uh he's had a solid year about a 260, 24 home runs and 66 RBIs. The Minnesota's problem right now is their injuries. They have hit them and hit with the injury bug this year. Carlos Correa has been out. He has not played since September. He is expected to play. Um we will see what happens though. Royce Lewis is, I think, questionable. Byron Buckson, I don't think is going to play either because and so that really leaves a lot of question marks. For the Twins, not only that, the Twins have lost 18 straight playoff games. When it was, they would love to end that streak, but they got, they're going to need a little bit of help this this week from some guys that are relatively unknown. In the NL, uh, we got the Diamondbacks at the Brewers. Uh, this this game is going to be at 7:08 Eastern Time on ESPN Two. Uh, your pitchers in this ma- in this matchup in Game One are probably going to be um, Brandon Paft. He was three, three and seven with a five seven two ERA. This is an interesting one for me for the Diamondbacks. I'm not really a hundred percent sure why going with him, but maybe he can prove something that we're not really really sure about. My guess is is that they were trying to fight so hard to get into the playoffs to clinch a wild card seed that they probably had to use some pitchers that they would like to start in this game, but they're probably not ready. The Brewers have had plenty of time to rest. They're going to start their guy Corbin Burns. However, Brandon Woodruff is. This is a big news. Brandon Woodruff will not pitch in the Wild Card Series, and it's very likely that he will not pitch the entire postseason. That's a big loss for the Brewers because he's he is by far their best pitcher. Um, but it's he's going to be sorely missed for the Brewers. Corbin Burns is 10 and 8 on the year. He has a 3.39 ERA. He's a solid pitcher. Don't get me wrong, but he's just not quite the same as Brandon Woodruff so we will see what um if he can make up for that um for players to watch in this one Arizona he's a rookie but he's been insanely good Corbin Carroll he can fly uh he does everything well he's hits for average hits for power and he also runs like i said he's got 285 average this year 25 home runs 76 RBIs and he also has 54 stolen bases that's a lot of help from all the new rules this year, but that's a, that's a really, really high number. For the Brewers, Christian Yelich is needs to have a good series. He's a veteran on this team. He's been around the block. He's been a, everywhere. He's played in big games. He has to have a good good series. Um, he w- He's batting two seventy eight on the year with only 19 home runs, which is low for him. This is a little bit of a down year. He only has 76 RBIs as well. But he needs to step it up in the postseason if he wants the Brewers to have any chance of, Advancing and especially making a run deep into the postseason. The last NL wildcard series is going to be the Marlins at the Phillies. This game is at 8.08 p.m. Eastern Time. This game is going to be found on ESPN. For the pitching matchup for the Miami Marlins, uh, expect Jesus Lazardo. He is 10 and 9 with a 363 ERA. He's uh, had a really solid year, but I would give the pitching matchup to the the Phillies right now, Zach Wheeler's been really good as well. He's 13 and 6 with a 3.61 ERA. Um, he's really, like I said, he's had a really solid year. Um, that really sets up well for the Phillies. I believe Aaron Nola will probably be the game two guy, which is who you would want. Um, however, this is the Marlins did catch a break. Luis Arias has been a little bit banged up lately, but he will play in this series. He, lead, he led the MOB this year. Uh, with batting average, he batted at .354, which is insanely high in the last few years, especially. Doesn't really hit for power, but he gets on base and he can is able to drive in runs when there are people on base. He has 69 RBIs, only 10 home runs for the Phillies. It's their man, it's their guy, it's their heart and soul of this team. It's Bryce Harper. He's had a really really solid year coming off of a torn UCL. Uh, he only he's only DH this year, which has worked fine for him. He's played a little bit of first base, but mainly have been in the DH. Uh, he's about at 293 this year with only twenty one home runs, which is low for him, but like I said, he's coming off a torn UCL, so I'm not going to fault him very much. And seventy two RBIs. He hit a lot of he had a lot of big hits last year in the in their postseason run, all the when they made it all the way to the World Series. I expect him to continue that trend. I think that he will have some more big time hits this week. And the next in the next month, um, watch out for the Phillies. They're, they've gotten really hot at the right time. They're going to be a team to beat in the in the NL. So there's one thing about the wild card: You need to win the first game. Uh, this wildcard series has only been going on for this is only the third year it's happened. They tried it out in 2020 during the COVID season just to see what it was like. Uh, went back to the norm, the old one game wild card in 2021 but came back to this series in 2022 um this year they've added more teams though so this is this there's 8 teams in the wild card now instead of uh 4 like it was last year but the main thing is is that the winner of game 1 wins the series 83% of the time and not only that there's only been um three wild card series go 3 games out of the 12 possible ones Uh, So you need to win game one. The winner of game one is more than likely going to win the series. It's just that way. And, um, you really, this, like I said, the first game is huge. That's why it really pays dividends. If you have your pitcher exactly lined up how you want it to, that's why I'm going to give a little bit of an advantage to the Phillies here. I'm going to give an advantage to the Brewers and also the Blue Jays and, um, the, um, the Rangers and Rays is really interesting because those are two really good pitchers. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly where that will go. But all right, let's moving on. It is Tuesday. I'm going to do one every week. It is top 10 Tuesdays. I'm going to give you my personal top 10 in the college football world and also my top 10 power rankings in the NFL. Uh, these are not like the same as the AP poll, just because half the time we do the AP poll are wrong. Um, so first, i'm going to lead off with college football. My number one team this year this week is Michigan. They've looked really complete they've done they've done everything they're supposed to do. I know they haven't played anybody, but they've looked really good while they've done, while they've done it. My number two is going to be Texas. They had a good week this week against kansas they've They have the win of the year so far in my opinion at Alabama. Uh, that win's starting to look a little bit better. If we wait on, if we see down on my list right here, uh, I'm going to drop Georgia all the way to number three. They did not look very good against a bad Auburn team. Auburn can't move the ball, and they had and Auburn had a chance to score to tie the game at the end. I think Georgia needs to figure some stuff out on offense and especially in and on defense. I think that they're not quite where they want to be right now. So I'm going to drop them right now. Don't be surprised if they come out next week and play really well against Kentucky. They're, this is probably going to decide the SEC East this week. They have Kentucky. Don't be surprised to see them back at number one if they have a good week. My number four is going to be Penn State. Uh, they've just looked like one of the most complete teams in the country. Their offense is solid. Their defense is really good. <clears throat> Struggled against Northwestern in the first half. They were really close there, but they were able to hit another gear and pull away from them. So I think I am going to leave. I am going to have them at four. Florida State did not play this week, but they're going to stay at five. They didn't do anything to hurt themselves, so same thing for Ohio State. I am going to keep them. I am going to have them at six. Um, they didn't play this week either, and they have a couple big games coming up. But Washington, in my own personal rankings, last week I had them at number five. They struggled this week against Arizona, so I am going to have them drop back. Um, plenty of opportunities to come back and jump up in there just because they're gonna play a, some really good games later later in this year. Oregon looked really good again this week, but they're gonna stay at number eight uh like I said same thing plenty of opportunities to jump up they got some big games coming up, and I'm not gonna be shocked at all if they if I see them move up in the top five. Alabama joins the top ten again in my opinion. <clears throat> Look, they are now currently after the Ole Miss win. They're the only undefeated team in the West uh, when it comes to conference play. Uh, they are the team to beat. Jalen Milrow looked really, really good against Mississippi State. Um, they might be figuring out a winning formula with him. They might be figuring out, hey, well, let's not try to drop back and throw it fifty times a game. Let's we'll just run the ball down the people's throats and make them get and make them take it and throw when we have to. He only threw the ball 12 times against Mississippi State. Maybe that's the way to go. And my number 10 is Notre Dame. Solid win against Duke going into their place. It's always a good, good time to win a, road, a top 10 road game or a top 15 road game. Uh, just the only reason I have them so lower, this low is because they just didn't look great while they did it. But that is what it is. So that's my top ten in college football. We've got Michigan, Texas, Georgia, Penn State, Florida State, Ohio State, Washington, Oregon, Alabama, and Notre Dame. Moving on to the NFL. Um, this is some. Some of these teams are maybe a little bit higher than they probably should be, but I think this is they're the best teams, just straight up best teams. My number one is the Chiefs. They've ever since they had Kelsey and Chris Jones back, they've looked like the old Chiefs that we know. Did struggle a little bit this week against the Jets. But Patrick Mahomes had a really, really bad game, and we just know he's not going to have those anymore. Speaking of quarterbacks that really turned it around from the first week, uh, Josh Allen has looked like a completely different player after playing the Jets. Maybe it's the Jets' defense that's making these player these good quarterbacks struggle. But the Bills have looked insanely good since then. I'm going to have them at the second-best team in the league. Uh, both of those teams are 3-1. and one. But the Eagles are 4 0. So why are the Eagles not at number one? They just haven't really looked as good and as dangerous as the other two have. That's the only reason why. Uh, there's no doubt that they can win a lot of games this year and they can probably make another run to the Super Bowl just because they have the talent there. I just think that the other two teams are a little bit better. Same thing goes with number four team, the 49ers, because they have the talent, no doubt about it. But Brock Purdy still just leaves me with a couple of question marks. They're 4 0. He doesn't lose many. Um, regular season games. He hasn't yet. I think that he's a good quarterback. I think he's going to be fine, but I just still want to see a little bit more from him, especially when it gets closer to November and December, and we'll move him up pretty quickly. <clears throat> I had Miami at number one last week, but they looked really poor against the Bills. Their defense couldn't stop anything. Uh, it's they, they need to figure out some defense, and then I'll move them right back up. The Cowboys' defense returned, and i'm going to have them at number 6. uh they put up if you want a good fantasy defense the de- the cowboys are them. And that's that's who you need. uh they score a lot of touchdowns. <clears throat> but the cowboys are the cowboys are fine. they're they're not the greatest team in the in the league, but they're pretty solid. so i'm going to have them at 6. uh speaking of another really solid team, i got the Detroit Lions at number 7. Jared Goff's played really well this year. Dan Campbell's pushed all the right buttons and they this is a team to beat in the NFC North and I'm really excited for them cuz I I like Dan Campbell a lot. I like Jared Goff cuz he's been kind of pushed out of LA with the Rams and was just left for dead and the Lions picked him up and he's really researched his career there. The Seahawks looked really good last night. Uh I mean it was sloppy but they were just able to win games especially with a lot of injuries on defense. Their secondary did not give up anything and they're banged up in that in that position spot. Geno Smith being a little banged up is a little worrisome, but I think he'll be fine. Uh but they they look really good. Beat a bad Giants team, exactly how they're supposed to do. Um so the Seahawks are gonna be number eight. At number nine, I got the Bucks. They, they won a big game this week against the Saints. I wasn't expecting it. I thought that they were I thought the Saints would win and move ahead to uh lead the NFC South, but now the Bucs are three and one with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. They're 3-1 and and lead the NFC South, so good for them. And number 10, I got the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is the most electric player in the league, and he's just making things happen for the Ravens. So they've won three. They're and 3-1. They're a really good team. They're leading the AFC North. They beat a banged-up Browns team, but they did exactly how they're supposed to. So, yeah, that's my top 10. You got the Chiefs, the Bills, the Eagles, Forty ers Dolphins, Cowboys, Lions, Seahawks, Bucks, and Ravens. But other than that, that's just gonna about cover it this week, just because I mean we got a lot of stuff to talk about tomorrow. We're gonna have we're gonna give you some recaps of the games that happen tonight in the in the MLB, get you ready for game twos tomorrow, and may, maybe even throw out some um good bets to take tomorrow. So other than that, thank y'all again for joining into the buddy deal show and we will see you tomorrow